Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Yes, 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 yes. So many good things. I want to just follow up with uh, Pastor Josh and talk a little bit about the things that are coming up. Um, First of all, on the 28th of this month, in just a few days, you've received a card. Hopefully you've received a card. And uh, we're going to do a Serve the City Sunday, which simply means we're going to do, we're going to take Sunday and we're not going to have worship. We're not going to have preaching. We're going to have serving the city. And we're going to build a thousand bags of, um, <clears throat> for the needy. And so basically what we're going to do is we're going to create a hygiene pack and a lunch pack, 500 of each. And if we have more product, we'll do more than that. But our goal on, on the 28th is to, for everybody to come. We, we want everybody involved, and we want to do uh, all we can to serve the city. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to build these packets, these hygiene packs and these lunch packs, and then hopefully you'll take one or two with you, and then you'll be able to just uh, have them in the car, and when you see somebody that's needy, that's somebody that you can help, you hand it to them, and, and we'll, we're going to have stickers to put on the bags. We're going to have a little card inside the bag to let everybody know we love them, that God loves them most importantly, and those, that's what we're going to do on the 28th. So what we'd like you to do is look at the list and uh, make plans to bring something, and you can do that and let us know what you're going to bring. So you can either email us. I think there might be a form online. If there, if there isn't today, it will be there tomorrow. And we will have a form so you can let us know what you plan on bringing. What I saw a lot of, or heard just this morning is people are going on Amazon. You can get toothbrushes. Um, you can get toothpaste. You can get combs. Soap is pretty inexpensive. Those kinds of things. But we want to get 500 of everything. And then we're going to build those packs on the 28th together. So we'll pray. We'll pray for our city. Pray for your needs. And have a good time. And then we're going to have a hot dog roast afterwards, which will be really fun. Um, it won't compare to the kind of meat you're going to have today during the barbecue out there, but um, because uh, Oscar Mayer just can't compete with um, rabbit. There's rabbit out there, and there's pork out there, and there's chicken out there, and there may be frog. I'm not sure, but we're barbecuing everything today. And so uh, if you don't want to know, don't ask. Just eat, okay? It's going to be a really, really good time. Um, Some other things that I want to talk about is uh, the giving platform that we use. Right now we use a, a, a platform for online giving called Secure Give. We're actually switching to a new one called Push Pay. So if you give online in just another week or two, we'll be sending you an email letting you know what that is. If you give through our website, you can just click on online giving or giving online and it will take you to Push Pay. You'll have to do a little bit of setup, but it's gonna be super simple. And here's what's really exciting about this and why we're doing this is one, it's cheaper. And two, it will allow us to have an app a Journey Church Ventura app. And so you'll be able to go on the app and you'll get all the information that's happening just like you do on any other app, except uh, ours will be the best. And so um, <clears throat> it's, it, that will be very cool. And so you'll be getting more and more information about that. That's just a little tease right now, but we will have a new giving uh, uh, platform that you can give online. It's super simple um, and even a little bit more simple than the one we already use. So it's really, really cool. And like I said, it's going to allow us to have an app as well, which is uh, amazing. We'll be able to communicate just a little bit better. One more story, and that is on Monday morning, I I received a phone call. 
And uh, the person on the other line said, hey, pastor, I just want to know how much do we owe on the deferral payments? The deferral payments. That's the payments that uh, when, right when COVID started, we were allowed four months of no um, uh, mortgage payments. And so that, that's the deferral payments. And there were four months of $16,000 each month. And so we still owed $34,000. So I told this gentleman on, on, the, on the other line, he said, I said, just, we owe about $34,000. He said, so $35,000 would cover it. And I said, well, y- yeah. And, um, and he goes, I can't commit to it right now, but let me just, uh, uh, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord to see. And then the next morning, he shows up with a $35,000 check in his hand. Yeah. It's when I'm, when I'm always humbled to be a part of the move of God. And, I, you know, um, it's, it's just special to see how God works. And every week we see him doing special things. And we see people listening to the Lord and, and hearing his voice and obeying God's uh, direction in their lives. And when that happens, like Josh said in the video, there's something big on the horizon. There's something good that's going on. And, and uh, it's just special. And I want to commend all of you for your faithfulness and giving. All of you that give, all of you who are doing what God has put on your heart to do and your tithes, your generosity beyond your tithes, those things make a difference and will continue to make a difference in our lives. And as we continue to grow as a church, we're going to see the, the blessings that we're able to do further than a thousand bags of, of, of needy things. Maybe it's 5,000 bags or, or whatever the case may be. As time goes on, we're going to see the increase of our ability to meet the needs of our community and touch our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm very, very excited about that. We've been in a series um, called Today's Battles. And the reason we're in the series of Today's Battles is because we just finished a series of, called Armed and Dangerous, where we learned about all the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, the shoes uh, covered with the gospel of peace, and, and the, uh, breast, uh, or the, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, all of these tools, all of these, these uh, pieces of armor to help us uh, uh, against the attacks of the enemy. So I felt like the Lord said, I want you to address things that are the attacks of the enemy now. These are today's battles. These are the things that we are facing and fighting and, and that the enemy is bringing our way. And today I want to talk about hurt. Hurt. Hurt hearts, hurt minds, hurt spirits. People that have unforgiveness in their spirits. People that have been offended and you're carrying around these offenses and, and the damage that's been done and is, is happening in your life because you have hurt in your life. And it's not to say that what happened to you isn't hurt worthy. In other words, if somebody punches you in the face, you can't just go, oh, I'm not hurt. <laughs> you know, you can't look at it and go, oh, that didn't hurt. Big bruise, black eye, all that kind of stuff. You can't ignore the fact that what did happen was hurtful. But what happens afterward is often more hurtful than what the act in the first place was. Because hurt in our lives, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, consistent hurt or chronic hurt brings more pain than the initial act of the offense. 
So I want to talk about that in just a minute. And I believe that the enemy would love nothing more than to capture us in the bondage of our hurt. Some of you walked into church today hurt and damaged. And you're, you're, you walked in cautious. Maybe you're, you don't like people because people have hurt you. Uh, maybe you've been hurt by a church and you walk into this church and you're going, I don't know. I don't want to be hurt by a church again. And it happens. I, I, I won't say it doesn't happen. Maybe some of you have, have, have hurt others. And you see the people that you've hurt, but you've never worked it out. So you kind of, oh, I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to walk this way. There's three kinds of people. The one is the, the person that's been hurt. You're the one that was offended. You're the one that somebody did damage to. You're the one that was abused. You're the one that was taken advantage of. You're the one that, that, that got hurt. There's the offender. Maybe you're the one that did the hurting. And today you feel bad about it. I, I remember some of the things I did as a kid to others. <sighs> I feel so bad that I hurt people. And maybe you're carrying around offenses for others. Maybe you have a friend, a relative. Um, I can tell you there's some, uh, I don't know if I should say this online, but I will. There's some, some boyfriends that my girls dated. Yeah, I don't want to see them ever. If I saw them, I would show them love. Only because Jesus is in me. Is that okay to say? <laughs> if the enemy can get us to harbor hurt, then he can get us to live in bondage to the hurt and unforgiveness. If the enemy, listen to this real carefully, if the enemy can get us to harbor hurt in our hearts, then he can get us to live in a bondage to that hurt and forgiveness that will stifle our growth, that will stifle our love of others, that will stifle our ability to move on and get beyond the hurt to the, to the real life and the joy that Jesus wants, to ha wants us to have. And if you're here today and you've been hurt, you've been abused, you've been, uh, something has happened to you, today I believe is a healing day because the battle is for healing, not to harbor the hurt. And God wants you to experience forgiveness. He wants you to experience healing. He wants you to experience wholeness instead of walking around with this hurt. In your life, there's a study that was done um, at at uh, it, Hopkins Medicine or Hopkins University, and it says this: a, a, a doctor says this. Her name is Karen Swartz. There's an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels leading to improved health. It's a powerful reality. This is science. This is not God speaking. This is science speaking of what anger can do to us. And really, if you've been hurt and you haven't dealt with it, if it's still there and you're still like feeling these angry feelings. We'll talk about this in just a minute, but you, if you're feeling it, you're still angry. You're still anxious. You're still kind of 
upset about all that, that, that happened. And as a result, you might be feeling depressed. You might be feeling anxious, stressed. You might just be going through all kinds of different emotions. So what are the things that prevents forgiveness from happening? Fear of being hurt again, right? Who wants to dive into a relationship again where you've been hurt? And this message is not going to encourage you to do that. It's not going to encourage you to go back into an abusive relationship just to be abused again. I think there's some reason that we must have in, in making sure we don't get into those things and some protections that you should place around yourself so that you're not abused again. But it doesn't mean you can't forgive. It doesn't mean that you can't let go of that hurt and not let the person who hurt you feel the victory of seeing you feel bad or um, <clears throat> contain this unforgiveness. Another reason that we don't forgive is self-righteousness. And this one's a tough one. Self-righteousness says, I'm right and you're wrong. And I'm not going to give up on that. It's just not the way Jesus did it. Right? Amen? Yes. Okay. Because he was right and we were wrong, but he still did something that brought forgiveness, right? He still brought redemption. He still brought wholeness into a painful, broken relationship. And as he did, he, the self-righteousness was never there. It was always about making the relationship right. It was a redemptive approach to relationships. Another reason we don't forgive is because I, want, I, I, want, <clears throat> I won't know what to do with freedom once I have it. You've grown so used to your hurt that you're afraid to let it go. That's bad stuff right there. That's, that's, that's just bad. It's, it, you've gotten so used to being hurt, you don't know what it would feel like to love the people that hurt you. You don't know what it would feel like to have that burden lift off, lifted off your shoulder and now you're living a completely different life. You don't have to dodge them in a grocery store. You're going to go down the cereal aisle, but oh, they're down the cereal aisle. I think I need some hot dogs. You know that, you know that feeling? You don't have to do that anymore. It's when the relationship is made right. I can't forgive myself. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, is to forgive yourself. And if you haven't forgiven yourself, then you're probably not forgiving others either. You're probably beaten up on yourself, and you're probably okay with the fact that you haven't made things right with others, maybe because you feel like you deserve it. Deserve that pain of hurt. That's not true. That's not true at all. So here's a little test you can take if you uh, think you are harboring forgiveness, unforgiveness or hurt. You have silent thoughts of retribution. Silent thoughts of retribution. Most people don't speak out their thoughts of retribution. Most people just have these little talks in their head. Oh, I can't wait for that guy to get sick again. Oh, I can't wait for them to go broke. I can't wait for them. You, you, you kind of have this little thing in your mind and you hear little things about them that maybe haven't gone quite right for them. And Oh, they deserve that. Don't you feel? You get, yeah. Now, I know, I know you don't want to admit it, but it's there. That's, that's what happens. So if you have those silent little things in your head that kind of wish 
for their pain, you might still be hurt. If you have fear, if you have a fear of that person or persons or you know, that cir- circumstance, there might be some unforgiveness or, or un, uh, <clears throat> undealt with hurt in your life. If you're isolating from people, you might have unforgiveness or hurt in your life. Um, and I call that the grocery store hide and seek, where you're hiding from the people that you know are in the same room you are because you haven't dealt with it. Or maybe you just have that silent speech practice. Have you ever had that where you just kind of go over your head, when I see them, I'm going to just say, and this is what I'm going to say, and maybe even do it in front of the mirror. I, I'm so mad at you. I'm da, da, da. And then when you get there, you're like, <gasps> and afraid to say anything. Any of those things, silent thoughts of retribution, fear, isolation from people, silent speech practice. There's a whole lot of other symptoms you could look at to see. Maybe you're just constantly angry. But those are all things that might tell you that you have, you're harboring hurt. You're holding on to something that's doing you more damage than anybody else. And God wants to heal that today. There's a miracle in the works. There's healing in the house. There's a moment where God is going to speak to your heart in this service and give you hope for what you have been harboring all these years. The battle against the bondage of hurt starts with our own sense of forgiveness. Then it can be expressed to others. Let me explain. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. It says, and forgive us our debts. This is the end of the Lord's prayer. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's, That's kind of harsh. That puts it on us, doesn't it? It says that if we are unwilling to forgive others, then God isn't going to forgive us. And that's a very complicated, difficult situation. Because if people have sinned against us, if people have offended us, isn't it their role to forgive us or to come to us and say, please forgive me? And then it's pretty easy to forgive, right? Isn't it their job to, do the forgi- to ask for the forgiveness, to do the repenting, to do the groveling on the floor? I'm so sorry I hurt you. I'm so sorry. No, the Bible says that we, it's our job to forgive them their sins. Forgive them of what they've done to offend us. And then God will forgive our sins. And that's really, really difficult. There's one definition of forgiveness that goes like this. It says, ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offenses. So ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offenses, that's forgiveness. So what forgiveness is, is saying, I am not going to hold them, hold what they've done against me against them any longer. They owe me. The truth, the true, when you know forgiveness is really real, is when you can say they don't owe you anymore. That's why Jesus paid a ransom for our sins, because there was a price that had to be paid for our sins. 
and that, that price, we couldn't pay it. And maybe the person that's offended you cannot pay the, what, it, what it would be worth to overcome the sin that they've committed against you. But what we do have the ability to do is release them from it or pardon that sin or release them from their debt. And when that happens, that forgiveness all of a sudden takes over and it gives you a whole feeling. In other words, you don't have stuff that you think they owe you. And as long as you think they owe you, you're like, oh, I wish they'd pay up. Oh, I wish they'd, you know, and that's why you kind of have those resentment talks, those little speeches in your mind that go, oh, good, things are, bad things are happening to them. Finally, they're, they're pay, getting paid for what they did to me. No, what we're supposed to do as Christians as brothers and sisters in Christ, is to look at that person and say, I forgive you. I no longer hold that debt against you. Ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offense. Pardon involving restoration of broken relationships. Primarily forgiveness is an act of God, releasing sinners from judgment and freeing them from the divine penalty of their sin. That's what God has done for us. And so when we think about forgiveness, if we don't start with our own forgiveness, it will always be hard to forgive others. I think about what God has forgiven me of. And I'm... Oh, it just always hits me so hard because I was a hot mess before I gave my life to Christ. And I hurt people. I took advantage of people. I did wrong things with and to people. I did, it was just not good. And I look back at that and I wish I could, there's no way I could pay them back for all the things I did wrong to them. There's no way. But praise God, he has forgiven me of my sin. And as a result, I, anybody I could reach out to or have, could have reached out to, I did and asked for forgiveness. Anybody that I couldn't, I just pray that God would just give them grace. And help them to know that whatever I did to them did not determine their value in life. And I've been released. God's paid my debt. My debt is completely paid. Your debt is completely paid. No matter how bad you were or how much you did wrong, there is not a thing that you could have done to pay for it. Jesus paid the entire price. I'm only looking at you for an example. Please don't think that you're being <laughs> pointed at. All of us have been paid, the, the, the price that has been paid for our sins, the price that has been paid for our forgiveness is so huge. And if we would grasp that first, then we would find it much easier to forgive others, right? They're, they're no worse than we are. They acted on their humanity like we've acted on our humanity. We've, they've sinned just like we've sinned. We've done the wrong things, and, and, and God forgave us. Why are we holding them accountable to the things that they did? Or holding them at least in judgment? That's not our role. God is to judge them. Our role is to forgive. This is a hard message. This is a hard pill to swallow. And I understand because I've harbored so much hurt in my life, especially towards my dad. You guys have maybe heard me tell stories about that. And I've, I've had to work hard 
to try and release, and he's gone. He's in heaven today. My dad, who, who Jesus paid for all of his sin, is in heaven today. Yeah. And so anything that I'm harboring is not going to do me any good. It's not going to change my dad's circumstance. But I have to realize what God has done in me is no different than what God has done for my dad. He's forgiven me. I should forgive him. And that's why the scripture says that we should forgive those like we have been forgiven. At the end of this message, I'll, I'll read a very specific passage for that. But 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love passage, the one that's read in all the, the weddings and, and sounds so sweet and beautiful. It says, love is patient, love is kind. Look at your spouse in, in the eyes or your friend. If, you wanna, if, if you're hoping to date somebody, look at them in the eye right now. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and here it is, it keeps no record of wrongs. Now, can you think of your relationship and wonder, has there been a list in our relationship? (laughs) Has there been a reminder of all the things you've done wrong to me? Do you remember when you, you, you've said, maybe I'm just having this argument with myself and my own wife. Um, does your friend or spouse or coworker have a rap sheet that you keep? And you're, you're looking at it and you're, every time you come to a conversation, you're pulling up the list. What's going on there? It's not God's plan. It's not God's desire. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Forgiveness is a symptom of love, is the way I like to say that. Forgiveness is a symptom of love. When I love someone, I forgive quickly. I keep no record of wrongs. That's the the, the very essence of forgiveness is there's nothing that I will hold against you because I don't have a record of it anymore. You don't have a record. You don't have a rap sheet with me. You're forgiven. Those things are gone. Have I forgotten them? Maybe not, but I will never hold them against you anymore. And then you build trust from that point on. It's not that you don't, you don't just build trust because you all of a sudden forgive. If you consistently hit me in the face, we're not, I'm going to stop trusting you. And I'm going to keep a distance away from you so you can't hit me in the face. And until... And I can forgive you for hitting me in the face, and I can let that go. But I'm, I'm still going to wait until trust is rebuilt, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. Just because there's a lack of trust doesn't mean you have to harbor forgiveness or wish retribution on the person that has hurt you. Love always desires reconciliation, not retribution. Every relationship that we have should have a redemptive nature to it. In other words, we are always trying. If, if we're offended with each other, then we're always trying to redeem that relationship, not trying to, to get back at the person for what they've done to you or what kind of offense they've done to you or what, you, what you've seen people do to others, and you're carrying their offense. You should be a peacekeeper, not a problem maker. Matthew 18, it says this, and this is a quick story. 
Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? There's a whole theological background behind that that we don't have to go into. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had uh, be sold to repay the debt. So it was very legal in those days. If you had a debt you couldn't pay, that you could be sold into slavery or, or, or taken into slavery, including your entire family. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. And that was, a, that was literally an impossibility. There was no way that this guy could pay back what he truly owed the king. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Amazing. But when, the, when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and begged and choked and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. I wish we could just put this in film form. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that, that debt of yours because you begged me to. Listen to this, verse 33. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? See, the just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? I think it's time that we take into account what God has done for us so that we have the ability to extend it to others. We've been forgiven for so much. I know some of you have been Christians since you were five years old. You gave up your addiction to M&Ms and you said, Jesus, here they all are. And some of you have lived such good lives that you can't imagine the price that Jesus paid for your sins because your sins were like M&Ms. And some of you have lived good lives. Others of us have lived lives that you just you can't imagine God forgiving. You can't imagine God setting aside those sins and, and forgetting those things that we've all done. To, and, and how did he do that? Why did he do that? What, what would motivate him to do that? And the only thing that motivates him is love. He loves us so much that he could not bear that no matter what price it took, he would not allow sin to come in the way of relationship with him. That's how he wants us to treat every relationship we have. That we could redeem relationships. Why? Because of the mercy we've received, we would show it to others. Because of the grace we've been extended, we would extend that same grace to others. And when we do, we win. 
because we release not only the person that has offended us, but ourselves because we're no longer carrying the burden of feeling like someone owes us, someone ought to pay us, someone ought to, to, to pay for that debt. And we can release them. Forgiveness is best realized when we understand our own forgiveness. What has God done for you? Ephesians 4 says this, and we'll wrap it up with this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's examples, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's never a bad time to forgive. There's never a bad time to release someone from the debt they owe you. Yes, they owe it to you. Yes, you feel like you want them to pay it. You feel like they need to pay it. You feel like they deserve to pay it. And, and the answer would be yes to all those things outside of God's grace. But if we are to love others like he has loved us, then we must extend the same forgiveness we've received to those that have offended us. And if we don't, we're like that servant that said, hey, forgive me, God, for everything I've done. And then God forgives us. And then we go out and we hold it against somebody else. That's not the plan. And as hard as it is and as unfair as it may seem, grace is not fair. It's unmerited favor. It's, it's blessings that we don't deserve. Mercy is understanding that we are getting what we, we're not getting what we do deserve. Mercy is showing us that we, he's not going to punish us for what we deserve to be punished for. How are we going to treat our friends? How are we going to treat our coworkers? How are we going to treat our family members that have hurt us? We have to extend that love. Whether it's a note that says, hey, I know we've had tough times in the past, but I want you to know, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you. In the context of the grace I've received in my life, I want to extend that same grace to you. You don't have to enter into another abusive relationship. Obviously, you've learned and you need to stand, you need to earn trust in that relationship or stay away from that relationship if it's still damaging, but you don't have to carry around the hurt. You don't have to carry around the pain. You don't have to carry around the agony that comes with it. And I just pray today that the power of the Holy Spirit would speak to you and let you express the same forgiveness you've received to those that have hurt you. And watch what happens. You'll be freed up. You'll be given a release to love. You'll be given a release for joy. You won't have to hide in the grocery store anymore. You won't have to do all those crazy things we do to isolate ourselves or feel like we need to, to, to wish something bad on people. It's never a good thing. Now we can live in freedom. Freedom from hurt. Freedom from that baggage. Freedom from that thing that, that, that is, is holding you back. And now you can move forward as fast and as furious as God allows you to do. I want to pray with you right now. Jesus, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to move right now, to give grace, to give mercy, 
to give love to those that are harboring hurt. Lord, I pray that you help us all to remember what you first done for us, that you died on a cross, that you went through a brutal scourging. You gave all of yourself to us so that we, while we were still sinners, you loved us. While we were still sinners, you gave yourself. While we were still sinners, you sacrificed your life so that we could have life. And Lord, help us to do that with those that have offended us those that have sinned against us, those that we are harboring uh, <clears throat> uh, anger and bitterness and, and, and even rage towards. I pray in the name of Jesus that you set people free today from the power of the bondage of hurt and let us live a life of complete freedom. I thank you and I praise you for that. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I simply want to ask this because I think it's a little bit of a private moment. If you are, are, are today needing to release forgiveness, you need to release people from hurt in your life, will you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, please pray for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of hands. And I believe, I'm going to believe with you, and you can put them down if you'd like. I'm going to believe with you that God will give you the grace and the ability to release people from their sins in your life and that you will have the freedom to know that you've completely released that hurt, that pain, and you'll set that pain aside and the enemy will no longer hold you captive to your hurt. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you set everybody in this room free that raised their hand. I pray that you would allow them to release the hurt, the pain, the, the agony, the anger, the bitterness, whatever it may be, release that from them and give them the ability to forgive like you've forgiven us. For Lord, we, our sins have been forgiven. You have paid a price. And Lord, I pray that you give us the ability to let those sins that others have committed against us, to let them go and release people from their debt and no longer do they owe us anything you've given us all we need in our lives you've given us all the love we need you've given us all the grace we need you've given us all the mercy we need and as a result today lord we we forgive those that have hurt us we forgive those and we we live in freedom and joy and thank you god for everything that you're doing in this moment there's a miracle in the works there's a miracle in the works. I pray your blessing on every heart right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The first thing for you personally to ever experience freedom is for your own sins to be forgiven. And that, that, that is possible. Every mistake you've made, every person you've hurt, every sin you've committed can be forgiven today. Why? Because Jesus died on a cross and when he did that, he forgave us of our sins. And then he gave us hope for eternity by raising from the dead. And if we commit to follow him for the rest of our lives, we can live in freedom on this earth and on the new one that's coming because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do that right now by just saying the simple prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept your love and forgiveness and I thank you for forgiving me of my sin because you died on a cross so that I could have my sins forgiven. And I accept that forgiveness right now 
And Lord, I thank you that you rose again the third day and I'm going to spend eternity with you and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. And Lord, I commit to forgiving others in my life as well. Thank you, Jesus. And I accept my salvation today and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Amen and amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.